Disclaimer time. This is where I tell everyone to lighten up. It's just a podcast. Trading is like that roller coaster at the amusement park. Thrilling, unpredictable, and potentially stomach churning. What works for one person might leave another clutching their hat in the wind. Our hosts and guests, they're awesome, knowledgeable, full of insights, but we're not financial advisors. So don't rush to make any investment decisions based solely on our banter. Always consult with professional or do your own research. Plus, let's face it, we'd like to have fun, laugh, enjoy the trading ride together. It's all in the name of good podcasting fun. So remember, take it easy, don't bet the farm, and keep your seatbelts on at all times. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the China Shop, home of the Band of Traders and also known as the Up and To The Right Show. I'm your host and aspiring trader, Kyle, and joining me tonight, we've got Baba Yaga, Mr. Banks, founders of Vanta Trading and China Shop favorite, Purdue. On tonight's show, we'll be discussing how our experienced traders handle contract rollover weeks, followed by a conversation about incorporating new ideas into your process. After that, we'll look at our past week in the good, bad, and ugly segments before wrapping up with some new bold predictions. Uh, some show updates for the next week coming out on Thursday. We've got a fantastic conversation with Tony Saliba. He's the only options trader to be featured in the Market Wizards interviews. And the story about how that came to be was fascinating. Uh, I also want to remind everyone that the options series with Eric Smolinski will be streamed live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central on his channel. Find links for all that stuff in the episode description. Uh, so before we check in with last week's predictions, let's uh, see what you guys got going on. Baba, you want to tell us how the town hall went? Yo, uh, I think the town hall went well, well to quite well. Um, you were there. Uh, yeah, I'd say you smashed it, dude. <laughs> um, it was a good time, man. We actually stayed um, stayed on topic, kept the time frame appropriate. So we shot for an hour, landed an hour. That was good. And mm-hmm. uh, had probably 45 minutes of discussion afterwards. I think there was a lot of interest in kind of how we pulled together all these ideas from various places and made them our own and created somewhat of a system and sharing how we go about that. It was a, it was a good time. I, I thought you did a fantastic job with that, man. And uh, some of the ideas and thoughts that were stemming out of it, like we're starting to see some of that in the strategy development. So I'm really looking forward to the next event we got scheduled on Monday where we can share some of those things that we've been working on in the background. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Banks, what do you guys got going on uh, as far as like continuations with that or any other plans for the next couple of weeks? Yeah. So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to try to put out um, probably like a five to 10 part series um, just about what we talked about last night, kind of more of a, a breakdown segment by segment on how we use it. Um, well, I guess we'd start off with the more general information and then almost use it as like a like a course or like a stepping stone to eventually how we use it in the actual market. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And when's the timeline for that or what are you guys shooting? Yeah. So, I mean, we're shooting for, you know, before the end of the year, obviously to be putting stuff out. Um, And I don't know if we're going to do it like one at a time or if we're just going to, you know, dump it all at the same time, but that's something that we're working on right now to kind of, you know, finalize. Uh, That's tough too, because you want it to be complete. So you have the full picture, but then you also have a bunch of people chomping at the bits to get their hands on it. (laughs) Yep, exactly. Yeah. Nice balancing act there. What about you, Purdue? You got anything new going on? Uh, nothing special besides continually promoting my wife's book that she's working on the sequel to Nothing Left But Ashes by Lauren Perdue. Um, yeah, that's really it. Just continuing to grind on every day. Nice. And I hope we get some updates for the, uh, the fast that you went through too when we get to, towards the end of the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Right? That's the ugly part. <laughs> Well, we'll make sure to have links in the show notes for all this stuff. Uh, please check them out. Show our panelists some support. Uh, but now it's time to recap our bold predictions. 
So uh, Purdue and I were still waiting for 4,700 on ES for Purdue's prediction and all-time highs on NQ for mine by the end of the year. Uh, Banks, uh, you had a pretty bold prediction, if I recall correctly. You want to tell us about how that worked out? Yeah, um, I was wrong. Baba was right. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be bold if you uh, uh, went with what everybody else I, I I was surprised, to to say the least, that uh, they left out a uh, 13-0 team. But if you're looking at the four best teams, I think they probably got it right. Yeah, yeah it's, that's probably fair. I just, I just hate, I just hate that Baba is right. <laughs> well, what? I wasn't right much today, so. You know. <laughs> and also, you did say that they wouldn't be able to put Texas over Alabama, and that did say true. Yes. So, dude, a Power Five team undefeated, not getting in the—that's like a—that's mm, right. a big deal. Yeah. yeah. That's wild. Yeah, we're a, in uncharted waters. Yeah, so there's a lot of angry people in Florida. Yeah, so my my hope is that they actually go into the game and just smash Georgia, and then it it comes back to look like an absolute backfire by the committee. You're assuming that those guys even care about playing that game. Well, I'm hoping that Georgia doesn't and Florida State does. <laughs> yeah. All right. What about you, Baba? Everyone's dying to know if your uh, wife saw a bear. <sighs> All right, so here's the deal. We had to leave. We had to come home early from vacation, right? Yeah. So um was unfortunate. Uh, we had some sick, sick kiddos. Couldn't uh, couldn't leave them with the sitter with the situation. So our biggest, our best chance to see a bear would have been um, on the day that we left because we were going to drive through this like wildlife, um, like this big loop um, where where there's a you know a really good shot if mm-hmm. if of seeing one much better than seeing one at the in the inside of the store <laughs> or the many stores that we went in which is pretty much all we did so no no live bear was seen we did see some geese some uh turkeys uh a miniature cow some goats a miniature um, cow a sheep yeah what is yeah a never heard of a miniature like? cow uh no. they're, they're kind of funny looking man um they they look um, I, I don't think I can say that. So they look. Um, you want me to I'll it? type it in chat. They look interesting. My mom raised miniature horses. I never heard of a miniature cow, dude. So you know how a min- you see a miniature cow and you're like, I mean, a miniature horse, and you're like, oh, good try, yes. mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, that's like the cow. Same, like you look at it the same way. You're just like, hmm, good try. Uh, but you know? secret time here. Uh- it was only a few years ago that I learned a pony is a breed and not a baby horse. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. Right? I thought for sure you were going to try to pass off one of those photos of the uh, the trinkets you guys saw in the shops as a black bear because you didn't specify um, live. I didn't specify live, but we all we all know it was live. So. All right. Well, we'll be making some new predictions for next week, so stick around to the end. Make sure you hear those. But I think for now it's time to move on to our first topic. So... This one came up, I think, after we all realized that uh, next week is rollover week. And I know that the first time I ever experienced that, uh, I had no idea how to handle it. So I'd like to hear from you guys, kind of your thoughts on how you approach those rollovers. Uh, How do you adjust for the gaps? And do you trade differently leading into or out of the rollovers? Man, I don't know a trader that likes rollover. I, I, don't, I don't know one. I'm sure there are someone has some kind of arbitrage statistical advantage trading rollover, I'm sure. For me, um, rollover, it uh, so it creates a lot of people are doing business when they have to, 
not necessarily on the on the premise of that they have a desire to like mm. there's a necessity to 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 transact for some larger players which kind of throws like delta and even large volume trades kind of out the window um for contract roll week so just a note of caution to um to anybody that's listening to this going into to roll week if you're a heavy order flow trader, you need to be really mindful of the fact that like you'll see some very odd delta situations that don't really seem to uh, create the kind of responses you would expect. And you'll also probably see significantly sized, significant sized orders coming across the books in places that would normally catch your attention and possibly create um, maybe a certain scenario you would anticipate and that that will not happen either. Uh, most of the time. And that, that's the trick right there, is remembering that it's rollover week. <laughs> what do you mean by that? We were talking about in chat that I all week was like, what is with the order flow today? Like, we keep going through these walls. <laughs> like, these walls of bidders. Like, what is going on here? And it wasn't until the last day of the week that I realized, oh, crap, it's rollover week. Of course. Yep. This week and next week. Like, it's literally my hands smacking my head. <laughs> not, not the emoji yeah. it's like yeah. I, I yeah. think a few of us had that reaction today <laughs> yeah and dude i mean i think with nfp week and rollover looming over us um i think that did create i mean it wasn't impossible trading but it did create some of those scenarios where you're like why are we not going yeah. here or like if we feel so stalled or even the activity yesterday morning and this morning, rather lethargic, mm-hmm. um, maybe not so much this morning, at least trying to get going. And you see, like I actually was reviewing the recording from today, um, going back through the, the trades and kind of what we set up and to, to happen and what unfolded and just seeing some of the stuff for a second time. Like I was like, wow, I'm actually surprised I didn't, you know, try to short that or try to long this. Um, because of both things, NFP and we're heading into rollover, there was just a lot of stuff firing off. Um, it, I think it just creates for like uh, stuttery trading. I mean, the NQ felt a little bit like ES at times uh, this week, uh, towards the end of the week especially. I mean, think about Wednesday, how long we spent down there just bouncing around that like, uh, I don't remember the level, it's like, uh, it was the lower, the it 50s. was like the low ish area of, yeah, the fifties. And we finally broke, you know, broke down. You think of all that transacted activity down there. Normally, you know, NQs wouldn't play those games quite as much, but we've seen three days of that type of thing in various spots. And that's, uh, I would say I haven't done it the best job of really being super mindful of it. I mean, there's, I've do- I dodged some bullets there, but like, more sitting here thinking like, oh, come on, let's get going. Let's get going. Not really f- giving deference to the situation we're actually in with, like I said, with NFP and then um, with rollover looming. So I think you made a, an excellent point there where anytime people are forced to conduct business and don't get the chance to choose when and where they get to deploy their capital, it's going to you're going to have a hard time relying on technical analysis for that. Yeah, for sure. And and think of this the what's the gap right now 200 points well, and that's, that's what i was about to talk about like here we are on recording and it's december 8th 
And um, <laughs> yeah. the market right now on the current contract, which is the Z contract, is actually much lower than every single 2024 contract is. So that's like really? the idea of that the future contracts that everyone is getting forced to get into now is a much higher price point. Hmm. Interesting. And there's usually always some amount of a gap, but yeah. it seems a little bit much right now. It is. So I'm, I'm interested to see how, you know, how that, um, how, how we navigate that, that role into, yeah. What do we do? I mean, you think of it like, okay, um, well, yeah, we don't need to play scenarios, right? None of us are holding 500 contracts in in z that we need to get over but you know there, it, there's there's people yeah maybe <laughs> I mean, banks but there's people that are so when do you yeah. guys roll your charts over i'm gonna do it this weekend yep that's a little i'm gonna probably roll uh, midweek i'll watch the volume on the contracts and then roll in accordance with when the fo- when the forward contract trades um probably like closes a day with equal volume then i'll roll Mm-hmm. That's the proper response, and it's such a laborious task, and it's the most tedious quarterly thing. God. I cannot stand. I will spend all weekend going through all my charts and doing the rollover. And I'll be rolled over on Monday, and I'll just be trading probably very light, like quarter size. Is that yeah. uh, adjustments for the lower liquidity, or is that just uh, to give yourself time to let some of those areas start to reestablish? It's It's... The readjustment of the levels is, you know, even though the charts it's are it, back yeah. adjusted and everything, it's the familiarity of getting confidence in where those levels are. That's mm-hmm. really. Yeah, because you called a few, you called out a couple things today or early uh, the last half of the week that I was around for, you know, you were harping on a couple of key spots multiple times. And now that's, that number is yep. going to be different. Like when that stuff gets ingrained in your head, like mm. um, 22, you know, it's like seven. Like 76 is, a, is one that I was interested to see coming through the end of this week and next week. Um, it's a daily balance area of or value area above us that we got into from a TPO standpoint. Well, now that level, once we roll, that 76 won't be something like I'll have to forget yep. that number and think of a new one, right. <laughs> you know, like see where we are. Um, I hate rolling charts, dude. It sucks a lot. <laughs> that, what about you, Banks? Do you get any joy in that process? Um, since I've simpled it down, um, I really don't care to be completely honest with you. Um, cause, cause I'm actually on trading view, so I can, I can actually chart up the continuous and the current contract and it would stay on the chart. So, um, to me, I'm, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Um, you know, when, when you look at price currently, I mean, like what Baba said, I mean, you know, we're trading 200 points higher on NQ. We're trading 60 points higher on ES currently. And, uh, I mean, we're damn near all time high. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, you know, with, with one, you know, one fell swoop, we go above some of these key spots that we've been watching for, you know, the past couple months. And, uh, and that's just, and that's just with one contract roll. Mm-hmm. So I'm, you know, this first couple of weeks is going to be interesting how price action is going to go. I think, I think it'll be an interesting, you know, point. Cause there, there's not a lot of stuff between what I had today and, you know, near the highs because the way we came down originally was pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. What about your trading though? Do you do you alter your trading during the time periods leading into and out of? Um, not necessarily. I mean, I think with uh, you know what I'm looking at now, um, I, I would say in the past that I probably did more than I than I do now currently. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'll, I'll probably roll most of my stuff this weekend, at least to the continuous contract, just to have it updated. Um, and then I'll probably keep trading Z like what Bob said until the volumes, you know, pretty close to similar. So will you be watching the future contract for no, levels just, of interaction, but trading them on the, uh, yeah, yeah. So I'll, like I'll, I'll start charting up the, like the H contract and, and trading the Z. Hmm. How long have you been doing that? Probably the past couple of quarter rolls. Yeah. Good results. You like that process? Well, it's, it, I mean, I think it just gives you some, you know, like, like what Bob was talking about, like, I'm not going to be watching H all day. But at the same time, you know, when we're like when we're trading, you know, like during the week, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to go back through the days and chart up H as I would have, you know, going into that day. So like in, in prep, I'll, I'll chart up H, chart up Z. Mm-hmm. And then basically once we have that final role, I think it's just like that familiarity, like you, you know, like what you're talking about, like that 78 number, 22 number or whatever. You can start to pick up on that before you just, you know, drop into it on Wednesday or whatever it is. Mm, that's a good point. Kind of sucks because you double your workload, but it sounds like it might be worth uh, a little bit of extra effort to be ready. Yeah, I mean the work the work now for what I'm looking at is not very tough. I mean a lot of it's automated, um, so you know for that standpoint, it's just a matter of going back and kind of looking at some key spots on, you know, the five minute fifteen. I mean it's 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 you know not tough with what I'm looking at now currently. So because he's off Sierra charts. Yeah, and I think everyone just got really jealous. <laughs> yeah, for for those of you that don't know, he switched from Sierra charts to Trading View and has been living the yep. easy life. Right. Uh, what about you, Mike? You got anything? Uh, any other thoughts on this? I think we kind of heard bits and pieces of your process as Baba and you were interacting. The problem that I have with the rollover week is, yeah, it is that flip. I was just going to interject that. Um, a market maker, which is like a market maker tutor that I had or mentor that I had, it would always bring up that um, his firm and everyone in his firm, they would get in trouble if they were not rolled over the week prior. So hmm. basically like the whole idea, that's kind of my mindset why on Monday I will be on the H contract is because just that mentorship of that when coming into the rollover week if your job is is now to roll over because it's rollover week like the last five days to do it you're already too late um and he actually was talking about i remember when i was talking about it was that uh they would actually take several weeks prior and we would be rolling over during the, like it's a whole entire they basically look at the quarter into segments and the the quarter is basically broken down into three different segments and so they have the initiation, the development, and then the, the exit, just like we have our AMD or, you know, uh, market distribution type of cycles. They have the same type of thing where they're on the same idea where they would be exiting out of their positions as the rollover is getting started. That's kind of interesting Very idea. Interesting. Um, have you uh, looked back at like to see if the volume kind of confirms that thesis or that, that idea? No, I have not. Like, do you see a sudden increase in volume maybe like the week before? That's something probably I should do. We're digging into. Yeah, another interesting thing with that, if you think about it on the monthly, there's a couple of days in the month. I was trying to pull this up real quick. Historically, that um, seem to have the largest range. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and I wonder if that's tied to that same method or concept, but intra like intra month for like either options dealers or whatever. Um, it seems like the, uh, 
the third week uh, of the month has is it the third? Hold on, let me make sure I'm not looking at this wrong. Da, 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 da. Well, I know he was definitely humongous into options. Yeah. So the day of the month with the highest average daily range over the last ten years is the thirteenth day. Hmm. Hmm. Does that typically month. line up with the uh, opex? Uh, it would be like roughly a little over halfway through, yeah, a week yeah. before. So if you were, you Interesting. know, and then the day with the lowest average range is the is basically uh, the seventeenth historically. Seventeenth. So like a few days after that, mm-hmm. yeah. And then if you look at the average daily ranges of a month over the last ten years on a on a chart, like on a bar chart. Um, it's, it's kind of like there's a slope up into the fourth day of the month, then a sharp decline to the ninth, then a roll up to the 13th, then a sharp decline to the 27th. I mean, sorry, the 17th, then a sharp incline up to like the twenties and then a slow, like a slow, uh, tapering to a, to a high around the 29th, I mean, 25th, and then a taper off as far as volatility. Expand. So we go expand, contract, expand, contract, expand, contract on the ranges. One, two, three distinct times during the month. I'm going to need to see that chart because I have some ideas to, to yeah. look at. Let me uh, exploit some of that if that's a repeatable pattern. Well, it's looking at the last five years and you can ask uh, your code uh to, to, just to, to, to spit it out as a picture <laughs> yeah. and it's not it's not it, the difference between uh, the difference between them is um i'll screenshot this and i'll send it to y'all um but yeah, it's, i'll put the, it in the episode description so people yeah, can see it yeah the fluctuation is uh probably almost 100 points roughly 90 point 80 points 70 80 70 to 100 between mm. the low points and the high points of the average daily ranges it's interesting. Something I was yeah. working on in tandem with some of the other work, and it's funny that we got off a little bit on a tangent of of that idea. Well, I'm gonna have to, yeah, I'm gonna have to dig into that a little more. <clears throat> yeah, I like I like it. All right, we have any more thoughts on contract rollovers then before we move on to our next topic? Has anybody had any like especially awesome um, like trading? Or I mean, that's the question. I like any awesome like oh man during contract roll. This is the thing I always look for. Like I don't. I'd love to <laughs> no, think I'm I had right some there. kind of advantage or edge that was more pronounced that I could lean on during that time. I don't really have any any magic. I have one piece of advice. During contract rollover is the perfect time to make sure that every single one of your underlines is in a micro if you're trading micros. Because every single time that I have traded the wrong asset class, at aka trading a mini when you're trading a micro, um, has been during contract rollover. <laughs> Every single like time <laughs> has been during contract rollover, and I missed somehow through Sierra. The underline is still on the mini and not the micro. Yeah, that's a real. Uh, that can either be a happy surprise or a really sad surprise. It's never been the happy surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been lucky enough to get one of those. Neither have I. <laughs> like I always, I always see these guys. Like I thought I made. $170 and it made $1,007. Like, it's like, why can't I be that guy? Like, Joel got that once. Yeah, I remember <laughs> Joel bastard. posting that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lucky ass. All right, let's, uh, let's move on to the next one here then. 
All right. We mentioned the town hall a few different times here, and uh, there's been some amazing information that was dropped on us in that last Thursday's recording, which I know that Baba did record that. So if people yep. missed it, they'll be able to go back and check it out. I, I watched back through it and am getting ready to chop a couple things up and tidy it up and get it put out this week. So, Right. Uh, I think this is actually a great time then to talk about how you guys uh, incorporate new ideas into your processes. Uh, Flary kind of explained a little bit of his approach after the town hall about how he has playtime on Saturdays for new ideas to explore them and see if there's something there and then develop them further. Uh, I'm curious to how you guys, like, what do you guys do when you're exploring new ideas to protect your process? Because that's kind of the biggest worry when you start trying to introduce new ideas is that it comes in and it contaminates the work that you've already done and then just leads you feeling like you don't know what you're doing again. That's the flurry phrase right there. You just said it though. What's that? Protect your process. Protect your process. Yeah. So how do you guys protect your process? What does your process look like when you have a new idea you want to add or explore or test? That's the, that's the thing though. Um, protecting my process for me is it has to go through back testing. Mm-hmm. Back testing for me, it's a hundred trades. Back testing for me is also forward testing, which is also forward testing at least a month or two. But when you're looking at a new idea like that, is that something that you're looking to improve a current process or is that something that you look at as like a standalone idea and then see if there's merit to it first? That comes out in the back testing. Okay. So the back testing is the whole thought process of the idea. Like mm-hmm. for example, one that I pitched to Robert, who is our designated <laughs> band of traders, uh, code aficionado, back to back M period champion. Um, like when I was pitching to him was just simple one hour initial balance on futures. Uh, take the first fair value gap once a five minute candle breaks outside of that initial balance. Mm-hmm. That's one I've been playing with a lot lately. And then I've been looking at that in also different scenarios to where if it pulls back, say 50% back into initial balance and working on those type of stats. But those, those are like the back testing to me is where the hashing out of the idea becomes a reality. Like that's where you mm-hmm. play and toy because there's so many nuances. It's like, I know a lot of people talk crap about manly back testing but I you learn so many nuances and so many fractal little things and you go, wow, if I did this, that would probably work really good. But let me just continue on and you write it down, but you just continue on your back test. Um, those are really, and that, that exact scenario, I found that one accidentally. Like it's, that's why I actually, some people hate back testing. I actually like it because it's kind of one of those um what is it flow states for me because i will just Mm, put music on and i will do it when normally when my kids are sleeping and just crank through like two three hours of it and i actually enjoy it there's another thing that you had mentioned in the uh the rich freezing roundtable that we did where once you do have an idea kind of fleshed out and you want to test it i like how you also like you'll get a prop account just for that strategy and then keep it cordoned off. So that way it's completely separate from all your other processes. Yep. It's another thing that I haven't heard many other people talk about. And I really like that, that idea. Like the AKA gym account, the gym account yeah. was yeah. created. <laughs> the whole purpose of the gym account. And, and truthfully, I actually almost blew it up um, because I uh, 
didn't know the position was open. So I'm, I'm working yeah, on yeah. I'm fixing it. Um, but yeah, the gym account is basically based on the compression of the Asian and London range and then looking for the expansion from the London range to then take a position because normally when I'm in the gym, it's four o'clock. Yep. Yep. Which is comical. This is accidental guys. You understand like Baba was talking to us on the mic and I'm like, you realize that's the whole gym account. Like Baba was spelling it out (laughs) on the mic and I'm like, thanks Baba. But yeah, that's the idea of it is just the expansion of the London range and the parameters of it, frankly, is when I have compression of the Asia range over RTH and then the London range closes on a five minute candle outside of the Asia range, I then look for the fair value gap in the correct direction of the breakout and then go with that. That's the whole entire strategy right there. I've, I've noticed that one similar type of setup. And how many times I've been in the gym right here with all these monitors and everything going and going, God, I could have taken that. And that's the whole reason why I started the gym account was because I've been just paying attention to the monitors and just watching, not really caring, but you know, it's just as you go through your workout, which for me is like an hour and a half is God, I could have taken that. I'm just picturing Purdue with the, Peloton, you know, it's got the little screen on there instead of like the workout motivation. He's just got a chart going. <laughs> yeah, I do have that going. Okay, that stupid Peloton nice. too. That Peloton's over there. I hate that thing. <laughs> what about uh, what about you, Baba? What are your thoughts on this? How do you protect your process? Well, I think I go through these uh, like um, seasons, I guess of of being extremely blinded off to anything new. Um, and then seasons of very, very much, um, uh, exploring something. Mm -hmm. Uh, so for me, it, I don't like think, uh, maybe sometimes I think like I'd like to improve this thing or, or I'd like to sharpen this part of what I'm doing. Let me put the nose to the grindstone. Um, that that's probably 30% of it of like when I start to work on something new, there's always a measure of like toying with ideas, but Mm. those seasons of like working on things, they last a long time. Like it's a long, it's a long time. Um, you know, we've been looking at this, this Thursday night thing that we did. That's been on the radar. Banks probably started harping about that in the spring. Um, at least maybe summer. Oh man. So we could have had this sooner. Uh, yeah. If you wanted all the mistakes <laughs> that came with trying to figure out, cause, it, um, so for, for me, this, I think there's two categories for like, for like what you're developing. Uh, for me, I think of trading as like a st- structure and execution. And so, mm-hmm. and then between the two, you birth like the setup, uh, like, so that setup that, Purdue's talking about is there, there's a certain structure that happens and then there's a certain scenario that unfolds that creates the executable. And then that's the setup. It's both things together. But when you work on uh, an idea that dramatically affects your, the structure or the way you're viewing the structure of the market, and that's going to bleed over to, um, to the setups that that gives birth to and the execution. So um, for me, if, I'm a lot more guarded typically 
um, around the structure side of of the deal. Um, okay. Setups, uh, I mean, if if uh, you know, I mean, executables. I am a little more like uh, you know, hey, let's check this out. I we'll play with this. We'll and I'll be a little you know a little more freewheeling typically with like entry conditions. Um, and, and, and that may be an area because my, um, the structure side is so, I lean so heavily into that. Uh, I think there's actually some room for me now to kind of press into, um, some of the execution in light of the structure, like sharpen some of that up a little bit. I think there's a little bit of a over, I've just been working so hard on the other side for a while because uh, I think by default, if you are if your analysis of the structural components and where the market is and time and space is correct, your trade you should be taking trades in the right direction. So the entry doesn't have to be as perfect. Now during contract role in NFP, they're a little harder on you, right? We saw that today. I was on the long side of every trade I you know got stopped out of or took a break even on. Yeah, so I, I guess that's the way I think about it. So I think about adding new stuff in like two categories. Is this going to be a structural change? And I'm going to be real slow to add something like that because um, I think that has really big implications. I mean, that's like how do you view the market, the fabric of how you're interpreting this information. Um, and if you tear that all to pieces on a whim, um, like I just – that would be tough, right? That's that's the key though It's there are different levels on fabricating or toying with your playbook. Because that's what right. it is. It really is your playbook. Mm-hmm. And yeah. what Baba is talking about is a big thing for me. If you talked to me two years ago, I was a humongous Fibonacci trader into harmonics. And that's all I knew. Yep. You talk to a TPO trader, it's totally different. Yeah, I mean, that's the world. That's like the thing that had originally, you know, made the most sense to me years ago was like TPO, the way that organized the information and the ranges. Just it was like, oh, this is how to understand everything. Like it just clicked. Well, I like get that's that. given. Yeah. And then that gave birth to a lot of other stuff. And now it's years later, I still look at TPO first. Like I still look at it first. Now, then I take that information and, and, and thread it through the the light of liquidity and the ranges and the time of when we would want to see certain things unfold. But, but that's, and I'll say this. Yeah, go ahead. That's the idea though. Like to change your perspective, to change my perspective on market structural shifts right now would be very difficult for you and I to change how we perceive the market. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, how yeah. we enter the market or exit the market could be very easily adjusted. Yeah. Oh, for sure. That's, yeah. That's, I don't think a, anything. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anything about, yeah. I, I don't think anything about like, yeah, oh, that's, that, but that's, the, that's the point. That's yeah. what I mean. That the, the level of structure between like a huge market shift for us would be changing how we perceive the market. Like for me, it was Fibonacci harmonics to then go into TPO, my own version of that and volume balance areas and so forth. That's my structural picture now. And then I have my own little entry system. But to change that bigger picture right now would be super hard for me to do right now. And to get to your point, it would be within over a year. 
Yeah, it it and mm-hmm. it it was months and months of like not, and that came with like back testing uh, manually a lot of it to be honest yep. and and doing it the right way like let's be honest you can go back and scroll through a chart and be like oh i would have done this here or that here but roll the dice pick a day go back two months start there and see if you can make sense of what's happening with no real true frame of reference and apply that idea if you're talking about structural stuff that needs to be able to make sense and that's and that's really what what I did so much with all with all the current. Um, I would say like well, it's just like two new additions: the um, perspective on where uh, liquidity lies, and then the timing of how we're organizing the, the the sessions. But it's even that adjustment was, you know, was was months in the making. Partly because like there's some measure of responsibility too. I mean, we got a bunch of people in here hanging out and I don't want to look like a fool and I don't want to lead them down like a dead end trail. (laughs) So I was careful to talk about it for quite a while. Um, I'll say this, that to to change off of, of, of that side of back testing and strategy, usually when, even with an entry idea or with something more structural, um, like if I have an entry idea uh, or something like, I hear of something that piques my interest or I see something that piques my interest or I notice something in the chart and I'm like, Hmm, a lot of times the first like stage of that is just like thinking and thinking and thinking and thinking, not really looking at charts that much, but just, I know, I mean, just like play it, like just trying to kind of wrap my mind around how and, and what ways I could utilize a certain, a certain thing. And a lot of times for me, um, that, like I'll go do some yard work or like this time of year, blow leaves, put on a headset, not listen, just a little bit of music and just grind in my head just to try to imagine, you know, why and how and what ways I would use something. Um, so that work mm-hmm. happens before I'm even like down to let's pull up a chart and play with it. You know, that's sleepless um, nights for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I'm serious. Like those things get stuck in my head when I go try to go sleep. Yeah. And then uh, a big part of it too is having some like if I were to say, "Hey Banks, what do you think about this?" and he's like, mm, "You're insane." Then I'd be like, "Oh, I probably should just leave that one alone." <laughs> and credit to him because like I'm sure he felt a little bit like, "Come on, man! Like, come on!" Because he was he was talking about some of the stuff, and I was just I just wasn't um, wasn't as receptive like, as you. Yeah, you I was guarded. just like I, I'm in a good place with what guarded. I'm doing. I was yeah. very guarded. Um, but then the more we, then I, then it was like, it, and I'm sure he, he feels a little bit like, it's, it, then when I got over the hump, then I was like, you know, a hundred thousand oh, no. miles an hour. Yeah. Send like it. I was, I was, and he would be like, Hey man, what have you been looking at? Like, can, can you, <laughs> tell me all, tell me where you're at with all this. Cause I would, ju- I just, once I go, man, like, uh, it's hyper fixation on, um, fleshing it out and then. You know, there's like that halfway into it where you're like, all right, I got everything. And then you try to blow it all up and like prove that you're wrong. And that com- and all of that builds the confidence to actually be able to, to apply it and execute it. So, I mean, hanging on to the long idea today when we had that deep sell um, all the way back through that whole deal and still looking at everything we were looking at and going or for me, I was still like, there's just not a short to be had right now. There was a short to be had. After we swept that liquidity in the in the upper section, and I 
beg myself off of it like a loser. But um, Rich, I apologize for calling myself a loser. But no negative self talk here, boys. Yeah, yeah, Thanks. yeah. I'll jump in. Yeah, I would. I would say one big thing for like the the new idea aspect of it is kind of having someone in trading that you can bounce something off of. Uh, to be honest with you, and I would say the the largest part of our trading, like me and Baba together, um, is these late night sessions that we just, you know, after the kids go to bed, we jump on and, and you know, just try to iron down some stuff. I mean, the Thursday thing that we did with the town hall, I'm not sure how many replays we did while we were both on mic and he was screen sharing and we were just walking through every single candle. And it's just a matter of like going into the details of it. Yeah, Kyle, you were peeked yeah. in on some of those, I yeah. think. I wish I'd jumped um, in sooner, but I was like you. I yeah. was kind of guarded with what I was doing and didn't want to introduce a bunch of new variables. And that's, I mean, that's a good thing, right? Like, I, I think we should to highlight or stress, like, everything should, you should be a skeptic of everything that somebody says that affects your pocketbook. Um, like, and especially your, you know, Livelihood. The various levels of dependence of livelihood people have on this as their deal. Um, if you're anywhere towards like you need this, like, like you need need this, then you need to treat it as such. I mean, if somebody stepped into your business, Mike, and was like, the way you do everything is wrong and just started telling you, you're, you'd be like, dude, you scram, bro. Like, you, <laughs> yeah, know? you can say it. You yeah, can buy so, it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's for sale. Um, so that would be, that would be something I would just highlight is the banks is right. Like, um, and you're right, Kyle, in that perspective of like continuing the, the idea of being guarded, but. Well, and it's tough to, to, cause you only have so much time in the day. You only have so much time available to explore these ideas. So you want to make sure that the time that you do have that to dedicate is being put to the best use possible. That's where I was going to go back into the, the back testing yeah. part. Like that's mm-hmm. where I find so much value in it because you can go through years in a weekend yeah you can I, <laughs> well i, I'm not I, I get that it fast yet. <laughs> but as you as you explore and get faster at backtesting and figure out your own way of backtesting and so forth you can't i can go through a whole entire year in a weekend very easily my problem is i i want to click through the bars one at a time and try to look at it like it's happening in real time because for me if like remember when new trader probably found RSI for the first time and you looked at a chart and you're like, Oh my God, this thing looks amazing. Look how it predicts all these movements. And then you watch it in real time and you're like, wait yep. a minute, this doesn't work this, like that. This <laughs> <doo-doo>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, that, thanks. You hit. Oh, go ahead. I go just want to get one thing like, the, cause this is like the biggest thing that I find every trader's problem is doing the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You will never, it doesn't matter if it's myself, Kyle, Baba, Banks, any one of us can tell you specifically, if I told you specifically this strategy has a 50% win ratio, if you follow these specific five parameters every single time, it'll be 50% win ratio. Unless you go back and backtest it yourself and get those stats for yourself and go through the thousands and or hundreds, let's just say hundreds of trades those stats aren't yours until you earn them through back testing and create them yourself because my back testing results may say 50% your back testing results may say 30% mm-hmm. so until you do that work those numbers are yours once you do the work yeah 
the strategy becomes yours. When you've exactly. shared a lot of stuff with me that's made its way into my trading, and but the way I trade it is different than the way you trade it. The way I see it yep. is different than the way you do. It's become yep. mine after doing that work. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. and and you know that's that's probably the biggest thing I could say. Like when you're introduced to something, is you're not the person that is presenting that. You're the person learning it. And it's, it's very hard because you're not the person that's implementing those trades for the, I mean, that's your first time seeing it. So like when, like when you're looking at something new, it's a matter of, I need to see it kind of like how he does, but how I'm going to implement it into what I look at. And I think that's where a lot of traders Mm -hmm. get stuck because I mean, there's a lot of traders who look at stuff that they take it into the market one day and have a huge red day and never look at that again. And it's not saying that that's a bad strategy. It's just a matter of the way you're looking at it compared to the way that it was presented to you doesn't match your style or your mm-hmm. understanding of it. Yeah. The understanding is the key part. You're not going to understand yeah. it yeah. until you do it yourself. Yep. Yeah. 100%. Any final thoughts on this before we move on to the some good, bad, and ugly? I would say to produce point, I would make this point. When, when, and both these guys mentioned it. Actually, everybody has. That like making something your own. Um, as part of the reason, like in Vanta, um, like I, it's obvious what trades I'm in because my screen is being shared. And sometimes I'll say, um, I'm going to be long here or I'll say, Hey, I'm long here. Or sometimes I'll just take the trade. And then, you know, if you're watching, you'll see that I'm long there calling out what we anticipate to unfold for the educational value of saying like at, you have seen us talk about this method of structure now i'm taking a trade in accordance with that so here's a live example of because of these things i'm doing this thing that's helpful but just sitting there all day long saying okay everybody get long at this price okay everybody sell at this price like you don't improve, like no. you're handicapped, you're handicapping yourself. If that's the kind of environment that you're in, in my opinion. And if that's the kind of environment you want, I'm not sure that unless you find some magician that's willing to do that for you endlessly, just think of the lack of sustainability and independence. Like you won't have either. I was so, just going to mention that the dependent, yeah. you become dependent on that person. If you don't ever yeah. actually learn how to do what they're doing, like yeah, you model so like behavior. I, yeah, model the behavior, which is great. But like what I would love to, you know, I mean, with Vanta and with what we're doing and we're seeing that now, like in, with incorporating just kind of everyone being pretty open handed with what they do, what they're thinking, what they're working on. And then you begin to share that between people and like Purdue starts to uh, I'm like, hey, can you look at uh, session over session um, the way we're organizing it with time through your volume profile lens, because I think you might like it and you probably pick up on some stuff that, you know, I'm not picking up on because that's his world. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as as we all continue to get more familiar with each other and grow the opportunity to share. Um, so it's not so much. Well, it's me and banks and we're going to tell everybody what to do, but it's uh, it's like a fertile ground for new ideas and kind of everybody. Um, having this synergistic approach to 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 continuing to develop, and that's a real different environment than like here comes the guy who's going to tell everybody where to buy and where to sell. You know, like that's that's two way different things. You yeah. will grow faster together than you will by yourself. Yep, 
Yeah, and for sure. One more shameless plug there. Uh, Monday, if anybody wants to jump in and, and share some of the processes or things that they're working on, uh, we've got an event scheduled for 9 p.m. Central to do the second part of that. Thanks to you too, Kyle, for organizing so many events. Um, and I just think that's so cool to be able to look at the events thing and see like the two or three things that are coming up for the next week. Um, like I want to do more. Level. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I just uh, I appreciate it. I mean, it makes uh, it's a it's a whole vibe. All right, let's uh, now that I got my nice pet on the back. Let's let's move in and talk about our <laughs> our goods and our, our our craps for the week. Longtime fans of the show should be familiar with the lender formerly known as Sue Pullen, and I'm pleased to announce that she's back, fresh off a rebrand and ready to help as Sue Mackey. Sue is a certified mortgage advisor at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years of experience helping thousands of homeowners. Whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage, Sue will help. Sue's licensed in 36 states now, so reach out and let Sue Mackey it happen for you. The best way to reach her is just give her a call at 520-977-7904 or in an email, spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number of 2289. Sue Mackey has an MLS number of 206048. That email again, spullen at fairwaymc.com. And that phone number is 520-977-7904. Shoot Sue an email and let her know she needs to update that address. So this is the segment where we talk about what we did, the lessons we learned from it. As we uh, like to say, trading is a constant process of improving, and there's always some great lessons to learn from the mistakes that we made. So I'll open up the floor here to whoever wants to lead us off. Goods, bads, uglies, whatever you guys want to discuss. I'll go into my good of the week. Do it. Let's go. I only took one single trade a day, and I had a stop of one handle and a quarter. And it went to 8R. One trade on your... One trade, and that was my only trade for the day on a Friday. And frankly, I was flat on the week, and that pushed me over to the other side. Look at you go. That's freaking awesome, dude. And I want to point out, too, because people probably don't realize this, but Friday is your day to trade at home. So that's typically the day you get to lean in and really you know, uncork it. Uh, (laughs) So to only take one trade on that uh, and to hit a banger like that, that's freaking awesome, dude. Yeah, it's air quotes. I get to um, work from home and right. not sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, work. You guys all know. I still had to go on a teleconference. Oh yeah, distracted me. But um, yeah, I only had the one good trade for the Friday, and but that's like the point that I've actually been reverberating in my journals is it really? And we were talking about it earlier. I think in pre market, me and uh, white boy Rick. And, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the point, like you really need to wait for the market structure, wait for the market conditions to come to your specific criteria to where you want to take a trade. Mm-hmm. It's waiting for the market to come to you. That's the whole phrase. Like it's, um, and it's something you hear as a rookie or as a newbie, but you really doesn't resonate until you actually start seeing it in your P and L seeing it in your journal and waiting for those setups where you can't help but like I'm jumping at the mouse to click the button to get in those trades. It's another excellent point, yep. uh, especially about the people telling you, like I've said this many times, like 
when we first started this podcast, everybody came on and told us exactly what we needed to do to be successful. And I thought I understood it, but it, yep. you know, three years later, now finally those lessons are starting to click into place. Takes a while for it to resonate. Yeah. You need that screen time still. Yep. All right. Who else has got uh, something they want to share? Yeah, I'll go. Um, the the good of the week is we finally got to uh, paint the picture on Thursday with the town hall of what we've been kind of working on. Um, so I was hoping that'd be somebody's good. Yeah. So, you know, finally putting it out there and then kind of the next steps of, you know, getting into, you know, more of the content piece mm-hmm. of it. Um, the, the, the bad of the week was nothing to do with trading. Um, my whole family's been sick all week. It's been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. No, you're good. On uh Monday, I took a, uh, projectile vomit right to the chest. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that was a, so uh got that going for me this week it's all so uphill basically yeah basically anything's better than that so <laughs> any more goods or bads there banks no not on my standpoint all right. sorry about the projectile popping but it could have been worse it, it could have been a lot worse so it's at least bad. it was the chest <laughs> yes that's true um what about you baba i think we know what your bad is i, f- I feel like every Every week we've came in here and I've had a, a treating bad, dude. It's it's annoying, and they're not they're not terrible, but they're just they're, they're I, again they're just a little leaky. It's uh, uh, but I think the good of the week is it, it, not really trading related. I mean, just getting away for a few days with my wife with no kids, um, even though it was cut short, which is sort of bad. Um, it's just a lot of fun. Um, like mm-hmm. we just we the lack of responsibility uh, when you're on a trip like that, when you have five kids, young kids, you know, we have five kids, uh, four under, under 10. Um, It's, uh, it's busy around here. So to leave them all at home and go away for uh, uh, almost a week, we didn't quite make it a week um, and just do stuff. is fun. You've been in my mind a lot this whole entire week because I have three kids and your exact vacation trip is a conversation between my wife this whole entire week because I have three girls. The oldest one is 11, and I cannot remember the last time. Actually, no, take that back. We did have a trip to Vegas. So, but we don't have those trips, and you have an annual. It sounds like an annual. Trip. Yeah, it is. It's a every year. Well, yeah, at least we do. We try to do two trips a year where we leave the kids and go away mm-hmm. and one sometime around our anniversary, the springtime and one in the, in December. That's like, for sure. We're doing that one every year. We book it. I need to, I need to work on that. The only, yeah, the, the trip I'm thinking about was, uh, we went to Vegas actually. It was two years ago before a buddy's 40th, 40th birthday. But that was the first trip that we could recall that we had actually gone with each other with no kids. Yeah. And uh, so you've been on my mind about that. Yeah. You? I'm glad you've been thinking about me. Yeah. So, <laughs> that was the good. The bad was. Um, that is a good. The bad, that is. Yeah. That was the good. Yeah. And and my, and my, my wife, she uh, listens to these a little bit, but she's a rock star <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll get her to listen to them here and there. But um, yeah, it's, it's just fun, man. Like the pace of life can be difficult. Just, you have to make so many decisions every day. Uh, there's always something going on. Someone's always some somebody always has a problem. 
Um, and you're trying to parent these kids, you know, and and help raise them and make it up as you do go. it as a team and all that stuff. Yeah. And you're making it up as you go. And, and the, and the, like the littlest things can become really difficult. Like, Hey, let's run out and grab dinner. Well, that, it's a nightmare to get, you know, this many people out of the house or anything. So for us to have a few days where we just, Hey, you want to go grab some coffee? Yeah, let's go. We have to put our own clothes on. That's it. Just, just my clothes, which is easy. Cause I'm already wearing them. So I just walk <laughs> out the door. <laughs> I no. like the day dates like that. Yes. Go do yep. something fun for an afternoon or yep. even if oh, it's just going to the yeah. store together. I, I yep. enjoy doing that too. Yeah, for sure. The one piece of advice I want to give is never stop dating your wife. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Never stop trying. Yep. Yeah. I mean, dude, like I, I know that various people, this isn't a marriage podcast, but like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the woman, your woman in your life, your lady, like you, you know, she's your, she's your ride or die, mm-hmm. bro. Like that's, that's your, that's your lifeline to sanity. <laughs> yep. Um, and, well, uh, I mean, trading is all mental. I mean, yeah, yeah. she's my, she's yeah, the one who keeps sure. me in line. Tell her what I do every day. Yeah. That's always fun when it's a bad day though. Uh, <laughs> I still do it though. Um, the bad, speaking of the bad, the bad was today we had the right idea and, um, and I struggled to wait for the market to come to me as, uh, Purdue's, uh, mentioned. So like I had w- one trade that was okay. It was I'm fine. And then the other trades were, um, just not great. So there was, and it was a Friday and I, I usually I'm like real cognizant of the day of the week, but I think being gone for a few days yeah. and not trading and then trading on coming back and trading. Like I was, I was like surprised it was Friday when we were like doing prep and it didn't really <laughs> fully register. And then I talked about check your brackets, check your products. Most of the time on Fridays I trade light size or micros. Like I'll trade micros instead of minis. And if, if you catch the right, you know, kind of Friday, like the ones Purdue like so much, we get these big ranges. You can still have a really good finish to a week with micros. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's it's not going to be like a life changer, but it'd be, you know, fine. And I just took today as another regular day, which was the first mistake as I thought back through the day. Like I was trading, you know, a couple contracts, got into four at one point, and And I'm like, this is a Friday. What the freak am I doing in four contracts on a Friday? And that's not like huge size, but it's Friday. Like we just, I just typically don't trade Fridays like that. I typically take two or three trades on a Friday. I took six today. I mean, that's a lot of trades for any day. Um, so there were just a handful of things that I don't, it was like mentally a little bit off. I didn't feel the best. I almost got sick last night doing the live stream thing actually with, I think it was whatever my daughter had. I have the, had the adult version of it. So there were just a few things that like were all stacked against me. And, uh, and so I just like, you know, gave back profits from yesterday and a little bit from the day before. And it's like, you know, I didn't, it wasn't like now I want to go, you know, sulk or be sad but it's like it didn't uh, have to happen darn that was just a, that was a real oversight in like five different categories <laughs> what was i doing <laughs> you know like coming off a of vacation rolling in on a friday like ah oh, you know it's just not you know it's just it was silly so trying to yeah. make up for the week right probably somewhere down in there thinking like well you know finish off really strong but um you know i did i did have a cool trade on wednesday while on vacation um, so that was, that was cool. Um, but yeah, all in all, that was the bad for the week. It was just, 
you know, annoying. I started a combine account for this, you know, this liquidity cycles, da, 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 like really trying to kind of copy a little bit of Purdue a little bit with that. Um, just thinking like that will, that will, this will be like a live forward test or whatever. And then, you know, so that was a little bit silly to, to do that in that account after having it up, you know, that's a perfect example of why we're doing this show right there. Learning from each other. Yep. So uh, it wasn't a herd of the real pocketbook, but the, but the, the new shiny 150 K combine from two days ago or three days ago got, you know, ticked up pretty nicely and then smacked back down. So, yeah, could have been worse. Sounds like could have been much worse. Yeah. Uh, speaking of much worse, I think that's my ugly. Uh, I let impatience get the better of me this past week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, especially. Um, but I think I did a pretty good job of recognizing what was happening. Uh, remember when we had that conversation about the tweet that Crudelli had about how most traders fail because they can't make enough, make as much money as they want to, not because they can't make money. Oh yeah. I feel like that was like directly applicable this week. I recognized that eventually I shut everything down on Wednesday. As far as live trading went, I spent the rest of the week just observing kind of some of the new ideas and stuff. Uh, I had a really great conversation with banks kind of chatting about some of the stuff that I was looking at and like how to incorporate some of these new ideas. And it was extremely helpful helping solidify some of the new ways to start seeing the markets. And now I've got a whole bunch of backtesting homework to do this weekend to try to get, uh, back on the right track, but I'm, I'm every one of these setbacks has always led to a new and improved version. So as long as that continues to happen, I know I'm still making progress and I'm still happy with, with how things are going. Yeah. Impatience, just like just trying to force it to make more than like yeah. to make a certain amount, like just driving that like P and L it's i uh, I'm going to take every single one of these trades because that's the way I've been back testing it. And that's the way I need to do it. And that's not the way I need to do it. I need to recognize <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what the markets is trying to do and then try to catch a ride. Uh, and having the framework of the quarterly session stuff to throw behind that has just given me a lot more confidence in, in being able to have a read of what is likely to happen and where people are likely to step in to support the markets or uh, reject the uh, bullish pushes. So, yeah, but the, the the to me the forward testing part though is you're taking the specific parameters like you're frankly a robot. Mm-hmm. Can you sit through the pain of taking those losses? No, uh, and it wasn't the <laughs> yes, it was. That's the point. Yes, but it was because I hadn't fully fleshed out the concept that I think I was working on, which hence the reason for uh, the second topic. Uh, some of those things were starting to already creep in. So yeah, that was all that also led to some of that decision to shut things down. It's like, this is an exciting idea that I'm really excited to, to incorporate and, and try to uh, take the pieces that I want and, and put it into my process. Uh, but I need to actually do the work like Purdue's mentioned to, to quantify that and say that, Hey, look, there is edge here. Uh, now let's go live and let's see if we can recreate those same results trading it forward as we did trading it backwards. Yeah, and the edge that there's there's probably there's multiple facets of edge present in something. So mm-hmm. what parts of the edge do resonate with you mm-hmm. is where it's like really where obviously where you're trying to focus up and like um, and systematize that. You know, yep. and I think that's a another piece like 
I might use it in one way, Purdue uses something another way, and you use the same thing a different way because the part that makes the most sense to you. And that's where, um, <clears throat> like, that's, I mean, those are conversations that are great to have and perspectives that are, like, need to be at the forefront. It's another reason why a community is so important to have, have those people that you can bounce those ideas on and that can help you solidify some understandings. Yep. Because without Banks' help this weekend, I'd probably still be floundering. Uh, trying to figure out what I want to make of this and just having a chance to bounce some ideas off of somebody and share what I've been working on and him take a look at it and pick it apart a little bit uh, really helped yeah, he's narrow that, that stuff down. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I'll second that because Banks was helping with a different perspective on another idea. Oh, yeah? Yep. <laughs> look at Banks over here. He's the shadow banker. Yeah. The shadow banker. <laughs> right. Just helping well, he's, he's the one that can like, if you have like an idea that's like, okay, mm -hmm. or like has something, you know, some little nugget in there, he's going to, he's like really good at taking something and getting the most out of it. Yeah. I feel like. Yep. Sounds like he's good at polishing turds. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <laughs> I'm not sure who should be offended by that. Uh, <laughs> Let's move on to some bold predictions then before we insult everybody here. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> where do we want to start here? Purdue, we've got our predictions kind of outstanding. I was thinking about maybe modifying mine, but uh, I want to let Bob or Banks jump in with a new one. I think we could start there. Go ahead, Banks. I'll I'll kind of chime in with my bad from last week. My my bold prediction this week is my daughter's going to go to five days of school this week. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what. Wait, just the one it's, or all of them? Just the one is in school. So, oh, okay. All um, right. God, she's missed at least one day. I mean, because with Thanksgiving and everything, I'd say it's probably the week before Thanksgiving. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's been a while. All right. That sounds pretty bold. Is she still sick right now or is she uh, on the mend at least? She's uh she's on the up and up. It just seems like me and my wife are well, at least me, I'm on the down. Right. You're the one dragging uh, everyone down. But uh <laughs> yeah, I'm sure now it'll turn I'll get them sick and then I'll be the one in trouble. I hate it when a cold gets recycled between family members. Yeah. Like or a stomach bug. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't had yeah. to deal with one of those in a long time. All right, Baba. We've heard uh we've heard Banks's bold prediction. What's yours? Okay, well, my bold prediction is that, and this is going to be nuanced, right? So track with me. It is stock market related. Sorry. I know they don't have to be. <laughs> but I think that <laughs> it's a bold prediction. Whatever next week's low is, okay? Mm -hmm. Whatever next week's low is, the following week will trade below that low before then the exuberance into the end of the year. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. It's a bold prediction, but I also kind of want it to come true just because of nothing I've boldly predicted has come true. So <laughs> and I think it would be fun. I think we, I think we, uh, I, th I think it, I, I, I don't know how likely that is, but I think that, that would, that's a pretty bold prediction. I feel like I need to start going first. <laughs> so I feel like you guys are uh -oh. all taking mine every time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to modify my old prediction of, new all-time highs on NQ to say that week three, we finally get that break. It's going to come early, not by the end of the year. I was going to say by the end of week three. But since you uh, kind of stole a little bit of that thunder, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go on the opposite side of you. I'm going to say it's going to happen next week. What do you think of that? That's fine. Well, we can we can make a new high next week. I just think whatever next week's low is, mm -hmm. the following week 
we make a run we'll for it. it. Sweep it and yeah. then shoot up. Yeah. Well, that would be the that would be cool. I haven't looked at news or anything like that. I just think that would be if I were in charge, if I were the puppet master, right? I would let it keep on going one more week, and everyone that wants to short it would just be like, "Ah, it only ever goes up." And then, <laughs> Who's buying well, this? I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you when you look at Apple's chart and it's less than two percent from its all time highs right now. I know, and then yeah. we got the boost of the contract roll helping out a little bit yep. there too. This is true. Yep, Mike, you got a you got anything you want to add to what you've got going on? I'm just gonna double down on last week, and uh, I think the FOMC this week is gonna be showing signs of being dovish. Wow, that's been a long straight, time. Straight into the Santa Claus rally, so I'm just doubling down on my original idea. I heard the uh, the counter argument to that, thinking that it might happen sooner to the elections, but. And a bull market will just climb a wall of worries. So, <laughs> well said. You know, I was looking at a bigger time frame chart. It's kind of great. Like, if you just look at it, it's yeah. like, look at a weekly. wow. Yeah. Just yeah. simply look at it weekly or a monthly. Like, it's like posed, posed to, uh, to get out of consolidation. This whole year, everybody's been crying that we're going to the lows. We're going we're gonna to crash. Going to zero. Right. It's all coming down. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, anybody else have anything else before we wrap this up then? Nope. God, look at Apple on a monthly. Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode. Uh, big thank you to Baba Yaga, Mr. Banks, and Purdue here for joining me on this wonderful Friday evening. Uh, thanks to everybody for sticking around. Thanks to the guys in the live audience. Uh, remember to check out that new combined Discord where you can join a supportive community. Focuses on lifting each other up or even tune into these live recordings uh, as a reminder please show these panelists some love by checking out their links in the show notes we will be back soon with another exciting episode full of bold calls but till then share this episode with your friends like a black bear photo taken on vacation and take care <laughs> <laughs> let's go kyle let's go This podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only, does not constitute financial or investment advice, and should not be construed as such. The hosts, guests, and contributors of this podcast are not licensed financial advisors, brokers, or professionals. Any trading or investment decisions made based on the content of this podcast are solely at the listener's discretion and risk. Trading and investing in financial markets carry inherent risks and past performance is not indicative of future results. Listeners should conduct their own research and seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any financial decisions. The views, opinions, and information shared in this podcast are those of the individual contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of the podcast creators or associated organizations. Produced by China Shop Productions.